Welcome to Locked On Warriors. On today's show, what makes the Warriors tick? Has Stephen Curry ever been better? And I introduce you to your new host. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't need or want and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, it's a Tuesday edition of Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast covering all things Golden State Warriors. I'm Wes Goldberg. However you may be listening on Odyssey or on your favorite podcast app, thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. Uh, All right, it is time. It is that moment that so many of you have been waiting for. It's time to welcome the new hosts of Locked On Warriors. They are Dieter Kurtenbach and Cyrus Satsas. Dieter is the sports columnist and my former colleague at the Bay Area News Group. And Cyrus, whose last name I hope I didn't totally butcher, is the host of the Warriors 24 pod with Rick Barry. You've probably listened to Dieter on the radio. You've probably heard Cyrus on that that podcast I just mentioned. Um, I've worked with both of you guys in, in the past, and I know that the listeners... Are uh, they're in they're in for a treat, and I know that they're in great hands when you guys take over the show starting Wednesday, uh, which is December first, which is how we decided to do things here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Uh, and what a time for you guys to take over because the Warriors have the best record in the NBA. Steph Curry is in the midst of an MVP campaign. Golden State is tons of fun to watch. So let's just start with something to endear yourselves to your new listeners. What strikes you? as interesting or fun or just positive or just take this wherever you want to go Dieter I'll start with you I mean where where do you start with this I mean Steph Curry playing the best basketball of his career Draymond Green going back to his 2016 days what stands out to me though is depth actually mattering and that feels good as a fan of basketball to kind of get away from three-star players and a bunch of dudes who are in the G League as we saw in the last Western Conference title run for the Golden State Warriors. And now getting back to sort of that utopian style of basketball that endeared so many of us to the original championship Golden State Warriors team. It's not to say that one is, actually, I'm going to say one is better than the other. I like this style better. And as much as those teams with Kevin Durant were unquestionably a better team, if you put them head to head in 2K or the imaginary world in your mind, uh, the Kevin Durant teams winning, there was something special, something euphoric, something that that was just, uh, I thought, unreplicable with those squads. Turns out you can replicate it again. You just need a couple of years, a couple of years off, and uh, Otto Porter and Jordan Poole to make a big jump and a whole lot of other things to go right. We don't even know what Clay Thompson's going to do for this team yet. I don't even know what James Wiseman's going to do for this team yet. I'm almost more excited to see that than I am Clay at this point, just because we've talked about Clay so much and for good reason. But ultimately, Wiseman presents an element that they don't really have. I, I'm just uh, I'm over the moon with watching this team because if they're going to be the bastions of what's great about NBA basketball right now, you couldn't have a better champion for that cause. They just play the game the right way, and it's so much fun and entertaining on a nightly basis. And I think that last part entertainment really matters. We kind of forget sometimes that this is all about putting butts in the seats and making people cheer. Nobody does that better than these golden state warriors or Steph yeah, Curry, and, right? Or Steph Curry. I mean, it, 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 Draymond green shooting, you know, a bunch of uh, three pointers won't exactly get that job done. <laughs> the Andrew Wiggins post-up game doesn't get people out of their seat. It might have something to do with that number 30 guy. 
Yeah, and Steph Curry's greatness, I just want to add on that. That's a great topic because I, I was on Twitter last night posting about the fact that I've never seen LeBron get this kind of adoration in, in visiting stadiums. I saw this with Michael Jordan, and, and we're seeing it again with Steph Curry. It's absolutely incredible. Um, for our job, this is one of the worst things that could happen just because it gets really old really <laughs> fast, just glowingly raving about a team and, and nitpicking, right. finding critiques that are barely there to begin with. Here's what I'm, I'm loving right now. And, and, and I, I'm, I was born and raised in Bay Area, so the, the Warriors are my team. Like, I, my emotions run high and low with this squad. And uh, besides being elated over their success, I'm loving the fact that the Lakers suck. You know, I've, I've been yes. telling, I've been telling people for a while, this is an old team. LeBron is not That's a true Brady. Warriors fan right there. You know, oh, my yeah. favorite thing about the Warriors are the Lakers suck. The best record in the NBA. Steph's going to win the MVP. And you're like, I'm so glad the Russell Westbrook like, thing Wes, is a we, failure. Yes. Can we take a moment? Can we take a moment though, to like acknowledge how true that is when the Lakers were talking all this ish nonstop uh-huh. all off season and anyone with a working basketball mind and heaven for me, you know, Warriors fans might've learned something over the last seven, eight years about what constitutes a good basketball team. Yep. And I, I'm with you, Cyrus. We're all like, I don't think that's going to work at all. They got rid of all the things that they needed and brought in somebody who will sell some jerseys. Like that's the antithesis of winning basketball. They brought in the antithesis of a winning basketball player. I guess yep. they could have gone one step more and gotten D'Angelo Russell, but it's, <laughs> it's like, it's for the Warriors to be at this level and for the Lakers to be at that level, like the yin and the yang make it more enjoyable. There's no question about that. We can laugh and celebrate at the same time. I don't want the rivalry with the Lakers. I want the Lakers to have to scrap and fight and claw to be mediocre. (laughs) And for the Warriors to just make winning look easy. That's so much more fun for me. Oh yeah. And there's like three players in this game that are to me are so unlikable, right? LeBron is, is very polarizing. You know, you got like the the Beyonce type fandom that he has that where people just go crazy irrationally over him. Uh, Russell Westbrook, to me, I've never liked him, not since the mid, you know, 2010s, I guess. And then James Harden, who has no relevance to this conversation. But those three are, (laughs) I just cannot really just don't enjoy watching them that much. And to see them all flailing simultaneously is just pure joy for me. I'm I'm loving that. Uh, So just to keep track here, within the first four minutes of the podcast (laughs) and you guys introducing yourself to your new listeners, you've already torched LeBron, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, uh, D'Angelo Russell, yeah. Uh, Lakers fans, and for some yeah. reason, Beyonce. So, uh, yeah, the, Beyonce, there we the go. Beyonce one might have been a step beyond, but I'm going to be honest. With you I'm not, right but now, just for the record, this, for feels, the, this feels very representative of what's to come. I am not with you, Cyrus, on the Beyonce thing. Don't Beyonce hive, yeah, do not come no, after me. No, you are well, a queen, you can, Beyonce. You, you deserve all yeah. your flowers. Uh, all right, well, for the record, I'm just saying Beyonce is not a competitor, right? So, it's not like there's other people that are the Lakers with. Fair there enough. Fair enough. Uh, Dieter, you mentioned the strength in numbers. You mentioned the strength in numbers before. And that kind of brought me to the next thing I wanted to talk about with you guys. Uh, the, the biggest difference between last year's team and this year's team, uh, I, it, they have more depth. That's very clear. Um, but when you kind of dig into what it is that they did over the offseason, it was Otto Porter and Amanya Bielitsa and, and kind of, yeah. I'm sorry, again, washed up Andre Iguodala, who hasn't played for, for a, a week or so, whatever it's been now. So Who knows where he is? He's pulling uh, to Memphis. <laughs> like those are the real like is yeah. they can't just be that's not the difference. Like it well, can't yeah, be that. Get, I, the auto porter's been good. Bielitsa's been up and down. Igudala mm-hmm. is missing in action. It, that's not the difference. But uh, no. all of a sudden this team has more depth. What what is it? Cyrus, Cyrus, I think you know the answer. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, first of all, Gary Payne, you're right. A lot of the players that are making a difference now were technically on the team last year. Jordan yeah. Poole, Gary Payton the second, but they weren't impact guys. Here's what I'm going to love in a few years from now is that there's a strong possibility that two-year little hiatus, whatever you want to call those two years, the Warriors just kind of regrouped and rested. People might forget all about that. I mean, if the Warriors win the title this year and they stay Jordan's relevant and dominant. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. we're going to forget those two years that ever even happened. This is just going to be one massive, long, like, 10-year dynasty that we're going to be talking about. Um, but really, it is. Look, I, I, and you know, we're probably going to talk about Steve Kerr a, a little bit later in the show. But um, one of his brilliant moves, and, and this extends to Bob Myers and the whole organization, uh, is the fact that rather than hit a panic button, rather than try to bring in free agents, like I'm so happy they never did the Bradley Beal move. We heard that rumor a lot. I'm so grateful that they never pulled the trigger on that. If that was a possibility is that they decided to just develop. They decided to go old school, like baseball, you know, minor league system, you know, have great scouts, like that kind of metaphor. And we're seeing a team now where Gary Payton II, they fortunately did not blow that. He, they kept him, and now the, the value's showing. Uh, Jordan Poole, who, uh, you know, kudos to anyone who after his rookie year said he was going to turn to this because I've never right. met a single person who called this amazing right i mean his growth Go back two years ago on this podcast no yeah yeah you you did i did that. i started that, that jordan bull pan wagon thank you theater thank you very you, much you bought well you know if you buy a penny stock and you do that every day you might end up with one after a decade <laughs> i've thrown i've thrown so many pennies off my balcony that's the one i kept was jordan pool the jordan pool penny yeah i want to push back on that though a little bit cyrus the okay, idea well. that they decided that they wanted to rebuild i think there was a op- look there was an understanding that when Kevin Durant left that there was going to be some level of rebuilding, but they went ahead and got D'Angelo Russell thinking they were going to move him and other things for a star. They ended right. up settling for Andrew Wiggins. And Andrew Wiggins has been awesome since he got to Golden mm-hmm. State, but that's not what they envisioned when they first got when they first made that D'Lo deal. Um, right. The other thing, too, is that they didn't think Clay Thompson was going to miss a second season. True. So they're, they And they didn't think Steph Curry would be out that entire first season with a broken mm-hmm. hand other than for 15 games or whatever it was. So... Uh, they thought that first year that they would still push for the playoffs without clay. That was not the case. They ended up picking second in the draft, taking James Wiseman, botched that development plan right so out far. the gate, mm-hmm. quite literally. So mm-hmm. far. Yeah. Uh, so mm-hmm. far, so far, I'm not saying it's not a done deal, but they, they screwed yeah. up the start. Um, year one was bad. Yeah. They stumbled out of the gate. That doesn't mean that they can't keep running the race there, but, Jordan um, Pitt. and then in that, again, they didn't think that clay Thompson was going to tear his Achilles in a workout in orange County. So yeah, I disagree I with think you on the they, settle but, term. I don't like that word settle with Wiggins. Like I was a proponent of Wiggins the moment like they got it wasn't Russell. the initial it, it, it was it was a clearly better move right than D'Angelo Russell. That was never the end goal. They That's were all always that was my pay, the play the paperclip game where they have the paperclip and then they trade it for the piece of paper and then they were thinking Beal. They were thinking Beal. Beal or or something Cats like that or somebody like that something like that and but it, yeah but yeah. to their credit. Right, like a good Silicon Valley startup up there in the Bay Area where you guys still live and I don't. Yeah. Uh, they they pivoted, and when they and it was very much on the fly. Steve Kerr making changes to his coaching staff, promoting guys, letting other guys go uh, and pursue other opportunities, all these other things. They're 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 finding players who worked, like Juan Descano Anderson and Jordan Poole, yes. and other guys who you know didn't quite work, like Amari Spellman and Dragon Bender. Like those guys existed on the Warriors Ubrick. roster over the last Sorry. couple of years. And Pascal, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, and so yeah, like Pascal, they, they, it worked out. I think they they deserve a ton of credit for the fact that they did development 
they did develop some of these guys and, and you guys are absolutely right. And that was, that really is the big difference is the leap from Jordan Poole, Gary Payton being a dude, Wanda's going Anderson being a dude, Kevon Looney, by the way, being uh, the perfect Unreal. starting center for this group. But I know Dieter, I'm, I'm speaking right to you right now. The Kevon Looney. <laughs> I am the, the choir. Person. I am the preacher. I am the church. Um, <laughs> listen, it, it, it is very simple. The Warriors went from a team at the end of last year. That was very good for the final 20 games. They had they eight were. dudes, maybe, yep. maybe eight dudes. And they ran out of gas. It now did. that's not to say they were going to go very far if they had, you know, done it late. But they took that formula that they found at the end of last year, which they had to fight tooth and nail to get. They had to get Wiseman out of the way. They had to get Ubre out of the way. They had to get rid of, you know, I think James Wiseman's a pretty smart guy, but he was 18, 19 years old. They had to get rid of their low IQ players, play their high IQ players. They were able to find a little bit of something of that early dynasty magic for the final 20 games. Again, their legs didn't have it in them. And they said, double down on it. And what they've done is they've taken a roster of seven players, seven that they could trust down the stretch last year. And they've turned it into 15. There's not a bad player on this team. I mean, even the two-way guy, Chris Cleza or whatever. Chioza, uh, not not half bad. I mean, that's that's the drop-off point right there. Um, You can't find minutes for Juan Toscano-Anderson if – Andre Iguodala is in the lineup. You're having a hard time finding Damian Lee true spots to get consistent run. You can't get Moses Moody on the floor. You can't, you know, you're, you're, you're barely getting Kaminga on the floor. He had to earn five minutes a game, like the hard way. This team is super deep and they all are very high IQ. There's not, I mean, Jordan Poole could be argued as the lowest IQ player on this team. He's not a dumb player. I a long shot. He's a very sharp player. He just has maybe a little bit, too much confidence for any one man to humanly exist with, but it's, it's, this is just a damn good basketball team. And it just so happens that they have arguably the best guy going in the game on both sides of the floor on that team right now. That's a hell of a formula depth plus just absolute elite superstars anchoring both ends. Um, It'll be really interesting. And listen, the, the Phoenix Suns have won 16 straight games as we talk. They're a damn good basketball team. We're going to find out just how good the Warriors are because they have not just matched every challenge they've faced this year. They've kind of kicked its ass. Um, We're going to find out just how good they are on Tuesday and Friday night when they play the Suns for the first two times this season. That is the final sort of checkpoint before we can really go overboard with, with this effusive, already effusive phrase for the Golden State Warriors, which is earned, but now here we go. Here's, here's a, the, a, you know, a good, a good legitimate worthy adversary for their crown as the best team in the NBA. I'm fascinated to see how that one goes, but I like the fact that they just have a roster full of really good players. It's a wild concept and it's one that they haven't had since again, the 2014, 2015 season. They're going to get one of those really good players back here in a minute. We're going to talk about Clay Thompson. Uh, and Dieter, you hit on the Phoenix Suns game tonight. I want to talk about that with you guys too. But first, let's talk about Truebill from forgotten free trials to automatic renewals. When big companies keep charging you, Truebill is your secret weapon to save you money on subscriptions that you don't need. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there to 
uh, when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. So don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Truebill has over 2 million users, and it's helped save them over 100 million dollars so go right now truebill.com slash locked on nba could save you thousands of dollars a year that's truebill.com slash locked on nba all right thank you for making locked on warriors your first listen every day we are free and available on all platforms youtube channel will be up and running here pretty soon once Dieter and cyrus take over the reins there um Dieter, you mentioned uh just the overall depth just a bunch of good players, right? And I think about that mm-hmm. Toronto Raptors team that beat the Warriors in 2019. That was just a, a group of 9, 10, 11 dudes who could all play, like a bunch of guys who just weren't taking a whole lot of stuff off the table and were just able to be out there in big moments. Or in, in, or, or, or in, and some, some of them were innings eaters. Some of them were all-stars. <laughs> but yeah. uh, you had a bunch of dudes. You had a bunch of they dudes. Came in waves. The interesting thing with this Warriors team is I still firmly believe to win a championship, you need one of the best eight players in the NBA on your roster. Obviously you have that with Steph and then you also have all the depth. So I think they're obviously in good position. They're about to be in better position because Clay Thompson is on his way back. As we're sitting here talking, he is in Santa Cruz working out uh, behind the scenes with the G league warriors. Um, and, and as we know, the warriors have, they did that with Steph a couple of years ago. That means that it, it's, it's sooner rather than later that we're probably going to see yeah. Clay. Uh, Cyrus, what do you think, Clay can do for this Warriors team? Does he really move? Do we think he moves the needle in a meaningful way as far as title chances? He's like an average player. Let's move on from Clay. What, <laughs> uh, no, first of all, I want to say, first of all, just building on what uh, Dieter said a moment ago, he used the word team. And I really think that's ultimately why this, this group is so successful is, is I keep using the word chemistry. And a guy like Clay adds to that, right? Like he's, mm-hmm. he's Steve Kerr uh, talked uh, just last night, recording this on uh, November 29th. Um, so in last night's or yesterday's game against the Clippers in the postgame presser, uh, Kerr talked about how, you know, uh, Clay's human because we saw that that video clip of him just just sitting there on the on the bench after about 30 minutes after uh, the last game at Chase Center. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm totally brain farting on who they played. I forgot. But uh, uh, anyways, like, clearly, doesn't like, matter. They, they whooped their ass. They did. They're, they're beating everybody. <laughs> but Clay, you can see the emotion there. He's a human being and he has depth and he's normal right you never get like that superstar vibe from him and that just adds to this team i mean this is this is a team of of no big egos and he's never really exhibited that this is a team uh and we're talking about clay who we know about his dog as much as we know about him i mean rocco is a superstar and i love that dog he's i have an english bulldog myself and um so look i mean there's nothing i could say really that isn't going to be obvious about clay he's obviously going to contribute i i could picture him putting 15 to 20 a game um, I love they're holding back on, on putting him in and I, and, and, uh, and I want to bring up Wiggins to you real quick. Cause I, you, we've listed every player on this team, but we barely talked about him. I got this clip. I found this clip from that old show, the jump, which we all remember on ESPN, uh, which is just, state media. Uh, yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Nick Ferdell, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name, the ESPN yeah, Ferdell. Yeah. Ferdell yeah. And so it was, it was Nick Ferdell and, uh, and David Fisdale were the guests. And Fidel was crit- criticizing Wiggins like so many other people were. And he was talking about his poor defense, which I never understand where that comes from. Because Wiggins actually always played great D, even in Minnesota. But Wiggins, you're, <laughs> and Dieter's shaking his yeah, head. Yeah, listen, he, he, had the, he had the ability. It didn't lock in very often, if we're being totally honest. But, 
but the, but he locked in with big names. Like he's a guy that when he wakes yeah. up, he can actually play. So, uh, you know, yeah. Wiggins to me and Fizdale nailed this is in the perfect situation where, especially with clay coming back, he's your third or fourth option offensively. And he's, he's not a big EO guy, but he's a number one, former number one pick. He was a former number one pick for a reason. Cause he's got that talent. He's just, mentally i don't think he has the superstar drive and leadership to carry a team we've obviously seen that so when clay comes in you're going to have now two of the greatest shooters possibly ever playing on the court at the same time the splash brothers are back and all mm-hmm. i'm seeing when clay comes back is everyone else thriving i can see jordan Poole suddenly boosting his scoring average over 20 a game i can see yep. wiggins even going off even more than he has been because all those driving lanes that he loves to do his post game by the way is what's really impressed me as uh as his personal development, um, it's just going to be open for him. He's going to be matched up one-on-one with guys who have no chance of guarding him. I, I mean, look. That's what the Warriors envisioned when they when they traded for Wiggins, right? Because exactly. like they made that deal thinking they were a few months away from Klay Thompson coming back. Uh, and so um, that's ex- exactly what you're talking about. And and by the way, I have a, I, a statistic here that I've been waiting to use, and here it is. Uh, you talk Ooh. about the no ego stuff. And I think mm-hmm. that's what stands out to me when I watch this Warriors team is they play so friggin' hard, man. Like, more hard than a team should in the regular season, but they yeah. do. And, and they get a ton of credit for that. And you can see it in a lot of different ways, but where it really stands out is just the cutting. The amount that this mm-hmm. team just cuts, they're always moving. They're always kind of Warriors fans. I understand that you are dialed into the Golden State Warriors as you should be, but do me a favor, go watch, go watch a Lakers game. Sport. I don't know. Go watch it's an Orlando Magic sport. game. Watch a different, just watch a different team for on a Tuesday night. And, yeah. and not this Tuesday night, maybe next Tuesday night. <laughs> Wednesday. You got an open Wednesday. Take it and go watch some crappy basketball. <laughs> uh, teams aren't playing like this in November. They're not playing like this in December. It's too early. No. And, and <laughs> they're still getting their legs under them. Draymond Green being in playing shape for the first time in the yeah. first month of the season in his entire career, by the way, is a big deal. But mm-hmm. here's the stat that I wanted to get to. From 2015 to 2019, the Warriors led the league in cutting every single year. Basically, the entire finals runs. Uh, they were they were cutting they were finishing ten to twelve percent of their possessions with a cutter, meaning that it doesn't mean that they were cutting only ten to twelve percent of their possessions. That's not how that works. It's the guy who was cutting was finishing the possession ten to twelve percent of their possessions, which is by miles ahead of everybody else in those seasons. Again, twenty fifteen to twenty nineteen, mm-hmm. they were not top in cutting the last two seasons. <laughs> no. uh, no, they were far were from it, in fact. And that yeah. you know we can make the D'Angelo Russell jokes, but it was a lot more than that. It was a lot more yes. than that. Um, this season, the Warriors are back to number one in cutting at 11.8%, squarely in that 10 to 12% margin that they were during that dynasty year. This is the team that Steve Kerr has envisioned. This is the team that he wanted them to be. And so when everybody was out there talking about, hey, Steve Kerr, run more pick and roll. It should be Steph Curry, James Wiseman, pick and roll every play. Steph Curry, Draymond Green, pick and roll every play. Steve Kerr was playing the long game. And it's not, that's not sources. That's not, he said it publicly. I'm not chasing wins. I'm doing this. This is mm-hmm. what I'm doing, and and it's now starting to pay off because you've got the dudes who can run it. You've developed the guys in that system because it couldn't have just been, hey, let's run, pick, and roll for two years, and then, hey, Wanda Scott-Anderson, hey, Jordan Poole, hey, Andrew Wiggins, all of a sudden be able to right. do all this stuff. Doesn't Basketball doesn't work that way. It's now two years of work is starting to pay off. Where do you get I that cutting stat? That who's, who's doing that, by the way? Who's keeping track of cuts? That's I'm watching every single movie. Warriors game and marking down every single play <laughs> that happens. Uh, Your no, second NBA spectrum, was. You're the second spectrum. I am the second spectrum. I'm also the third spectrum and the fourth spectrum, Dieter. Uh, I couldn't agree more with with the, the style of basketball. I mean, they're also talking in November much differently than any other team. Now, listen, that, that comes from a position of 
strength, right? Like, of course, they're in first place. They have to talk a little bit differently than other teams. There's no reason for them to be out here saying, oh, we're trying to figure it out. Like, they don't have to really figure it out. They're playing great basketball. Right. But Draymond Green's comments after the, the Warriors beat the Clippers handily again mm-hmm. on Saturday, Sunday afternoon, was – you know, looking forward to this, this Suns game was like, we have to scratch and fight and claw. We have to knock them out of what it is they want to do. It was some like playoff level, like schematic breakdown. Like we have to break them emotionally speak. It's not even December yet. And you have this team out here trying to prove a point. Both of these. It, Most people don't I, even I, consider I, basketball season until Christmas. Right. True. And, and that's, and that's already out here. About to say, yeah. Yeah. It, it's I, I hate to bring the Suns back into this, but I do think that they deserve a lot of respect. And yes, I, absolutely. I, it, build, it builds up for Tuesday a little bit more here and, and not to take away from the Warriors. But like both of those teams are playing hard in the regular season. They're playing for pride and they play an entertaining style of basketball. Now, the Suns don't cut nearly as much as, as the Warriors do because they have Chris Paul and Chris Paul is the preeminent pick and pop point guard. So why would you run? cutting stuff but they, they move around they and they play yes. defense at a very high level their, their personnel is different than the Warriors the Warriors play a style that is unique to them because they have Steph Curry and no one else does and when you have Steph Curry you can run that style of offense that Wes just alluded to where the cuts are everything and do you I don't think that the the general fan and, and maybe I'm underestimating them here I've done that before and I've looked like an ass before but, <laughs> but let me just throw this out here Like, I don't think the regular fan understands just how little preparation goes into each and every NBA game. That's right. Um, It it is a, it is just a season of survival Mm -hmm. and you love it when you see a team like the Portland Trail Blazers or like the Los Angeles Lakers that just sort of runs the same action every time because you have played that with about 25 other teams and you know how to defend it. And you know if you're a drop team or if you go over the pick, or you just kind of know what you are. And there's maybe one or two bullet points that you have to hit on. Oh, don't let him get open in the left corner. He loves the left corner. Keep an eye on him there. Or, you know, don't let him, you know, establish on the low box because there's going to be a cutter off of that. One or two points, nothing to really keep in mind. They usually forget it by the end of the first quarter. And it's just sort of two teams going out there and playing their best game to the best of their ability on a random Wednesday in Indianapolis, Indiana, and just seeing what happens at the end of it. And then you play the Golden State Warriors, and you have a bullet point list that's seven pages long because <laughs> they're just not running the same stuff that everyone else is. Right. The, the, it's three pages of Steph. It's two pages of Draymond, and then there's a full page of bullet points for everybody else on the team. There's no way, unless you really get into a series, to reckon with the Warriors. And um, that's incredible. And when you bring Clay back into the mix, to actually answer the question before we get too far (laughs) off the rails, when you get Clay back into the mix, it adds more spacing. Uh, Andrew Wiggins' defense is to the point where he can be that alpha, that on ball defender that Clay Thompson always has been. Uh, so that responsibility doesn't fall on Clay. You can ease Clay back into that role if he can ever get back to that role. But here's what Clay Thompson will be able to do until the day he dies and ascends into the clouds for the, the 10th millionth time in his life. It's <laughs> knock down three point shots. You leave that man open, you throw him the ball, he will catch it, he will shoot it with the prettiest stroke you ever did see. And if he is simply Joe Harris, from this point on, just a, uh, might as well put a chair out there on defense 
but he's standing in the corner and he's going to knock down 46%, some ungodly number from beyond the arc. So be, that's fantastic for the Warriors. No one has ever said we need less catch and shoot superstars. No one has ever said that. He's just another catch and shoot guy who has the ability to also be the world's preeminent microwave, an incredible on ball defender, a pretty damn good team defender, and a guy who every now and again might put the ball on the floor once or twice and actually get to the hoop because, well, he's feeling that way today. But he, he, he just he, he takes this team to another level in the same way that just getting another great shooter would. And it just so happens that they're getting the second greatest shooter who ever lived next to the greatest shooter who ever lived and a team that knows how to play around a great floor spacing shooter. So it's going to, and by the way, Jordan Poole is up in the conversation, one of the 15, 20 best shooters in the league right now. So this team now has what it completely lacked for the final part. In fact, the entire season last year. And even when they were figuring it out, they still didn't have it. This team has shooters, Otto Porter, Bielitsa, Poole, Thompson, Curry. Team has shooters, and shooters ultimately decide who the best teams in the NBA are. We can, we can go into a million different things, and the Warriors are good at probably 999,999 of those things. But it's shooters who rule this league, and the Warriors are about to add unquestionably, and everything I hear, it might even just be a joke. <laughs> how good he looks coming back they're adding an elite unquestioned elite shooter to this lineup um it, it can't hurt I, I i truly believe that people say that they they scroll they you know slap it up i see zero downside to this whatsoever and that's a crazy thing to say but here we are i'm saying we've teased the phoenix uh matchup enough that's another team with a bunch of shooters Dieter, you mentioned what this team could look like in a series in a playoff series that to me is yeah. a very interesting question it's something we're going to talk yes. about here next Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all of the sports action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is use that promo code locked on. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. It's bet online where the game starts. All right, we're back here with Dieter and Cyrus talking some Golden State Warriors basketball. Um, all right, we've teased it enough. Tonight's game against the Phoenix Suns. We've been pretty broad picture, big picture with the Warriors right now, but this is, I think, their first – I shouldn't say first real test of the season. Yeah. They they whooped Brooklyn in, in Brooklyn. They, they took care of the Clippers in Los Angeles. But this Phoenix Suns team is a juggernaut. I don't think that we've talked about them enough uh, overall in the NBA media landscape. Seriously. <laughs> they were in the finals last year. They've won 16 games in a row. I think when you actually line it up, guys, like these rosters are really even. And I know that the Warriors have Steph Curry, and he's your MVP favorite right now. But Devin Booker is fresh off of winning player of the week for whatever that counts. And I don't count it very much, but it just <laughs> it represents that he is playing really well. Uh, Chris Paul is still Chris Paul. DeAndre mm -hmm. Ayton is playing with a, a fire under him that he had at the tail end of last season. I actually mm -hmm. think when you kind of take like if you just did a, a, a pull of the five best players in this matchup, I think Phoenix has three of them which says that that's meaningful yeah. in some way. Um, no, they do. And they don't, and, and like Golden State, they don't have a weakness on this roster. 
They're full of shooters. They play great defense. Um, what do we think about tonight's matchup, Dieter? It's it's the checkpoint, right? This is the first real boss. And you're right. The, the Warriors have faced some tests before, but they haven't played a team like this. And Phoenix feels uniquely suited to give Golden State some real problems. Um, now, listen, it could very well be another situation where the Warriors run their opponent off the floor and you know just go on a blitz and it's game over. I'm not discounting that in the least bit. But DeAndre Ayton is a force that I have a hard time thinking. I, I just have a hard time seeing how the Warriors fully reckon with it. Um, now, Kevon Looney and Draymond Green are going to get their licks in. I don't know if he's playing the way that he's played as of late, that he can be neutralized. And this is my biggest question about the Warriors in general. This game is going to have playoff tones. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's going to be the full song, but uh, the right chords will be played. And the way that both of these teams are talking about it, they're coming out ready to prove something on Tuesday night. And if that's the case, the Warriors lack something that the Phoenix Suns have. And it proved very fruitful for them last year as they went to the NBA finals. And that's a dude who can just put the ball on the floor and get himself a shot in the mid range. And in fact, Phoenix has two of those guys in Chris Paul, but in the more classic mold, a Devin Booker, a power wing who can just win you the game. Your analysis earlier that you need one of the eight best players in the NBA plus a deep team to win a title. I think that's true. I think it's probably a bit more specific than that. I think you need to have one of about four or five dudes who can put the ball on the floor, rise up, and get you a bucket anywhere on the floor at any given time. I think Devin Booker is one of those dudes now. I think he's been that guy for a minute. And they also have Chris Paul who can get to his spot and will always hit that fadeaway floater, whatever the hell it is that no one else shoots but him. That creates some problems for the Warriors. They have to make this a fast game. They have to turn this into a transition basketball contest because the, the Suns come in waves, just like the Warriors do. They can't beat them with depth. They can beat them with Steph Curry. They can beat them with Draymond Green. There's no question about that. But the way that Steph Curry and Draymond Green play their best basketball is if the court is wide open. You get into a half-court game, the Phoenix Suns are going to whoop you. And Yep. It's going to be a fast. It's going to be absolutely fascinating because and the Suns don't, and the it's Suns just don't who turn the defines the tone. They yeah, and the Suns the don't over. turn the ball over, and that's how they got to the finals last year. Mm-hmm. And and Chris Paul is central in that. I mean, no guy in I think in NBA history, and I'm sort of making this stat up, but I'm also not. Has, <laughs> it feels right. It feels right in your bones. I feel really good about this. Like has those kind of ten assist, zero turnover games. I mean, that's the Chris yeah. Paul special, right? That's the totally. That's LeBron's twenty-seven and seven, right? That's the Chris. That's the, the, Steph the Curry antithesis of the quarter. Warriors, by the way. Right and right and the what is the what does the game look like when the Warriors can't get out and run? And we're gonna find out because I don't think they're going to. Uh, the other part yeah. of this, too, is you mentioned all that stuff about how they can do it in the mid-range, and you're absolutely right about Devin Booker. He needs to be one of those dudes for the balance of the season and, and the postseason if Phoenix is going to win a championship. But um, the way Milwaukee was able to slow down Chris Paul and Devin Booker was with their length, was just blanketing mm-hmm. Giannis, blanketing Chris Middleton, blanketing Drew Holiday on those kinds of guys. Outside yes. of Andrew Wiggins, and even Wiggins isn't quite that kind of dude, no. uh, the Warriors don't have that guy. So what yeah. happens? I don't know. I don't know who that. I don't know what happens. Draymond's no. more of weak side kind of help right now. He's going to have his hands full of DeAndre Ayton. He's not guarding. Uh, he'll, he'll get switched on Devin Booker and things like that. They want chaos. The Warriors want chaos, and that might not. not Chris Paul might just decide that they don't get chaos. Right. I mean that that is he's one of the few players in the NBA 
that can do what Draymond does in terms of just dictating the pace of a game. Steph and Draymond do it, but Chris Paul does it as well as anybody in the history of the league, just saying, nope, we're playing this way and you're going to have to deal with it accordingly. And we've, we've just seen it for a decade now. Um, sometimes he gets his way. Now, sometimes it doesn't work out for him, but at least he got his way in the first place. Now the so Warriors, this game is going to be so this game I, I have a lot to say ahead. here so yeah. so uh, this game is going to be on NBA on TNT and first of all this version of the Warriors is the first time I've ever seen Charles Barkley show the Warriors respect that's kind of crazy to me I and, and all these other iterations even when Durant was on the team he hated on him he and he always cr- criticized them never showed much faith in them and obviously Barkley is a huge act so it's hard to tell what's genuine and what isn't but he is just standing back going this Warriors seems great I've never seen him just flat out say it before. Uh, leading into this game, the reason why I'm very confident the Warriors are going to handle their business in this, at worst, they're going to split, in my opinion, at best 2-0, is A, as great of a point guard as Chris Paul is, his ultimate arch nemesis and the guy he always loses to, at least since 2014, is Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry owns Chris Paul. Stephen Curry routinely beats Chris Paul every time they play and sends him home, whether it's a regular season, whether it's a playoffs. Uh, I don't see that trend changing anytime soon. Uh, the Phoenix Suns, to me, the only time the Warriors really have difficulties in games, and we, and we saw it for a little bit in Cleveland because Cleveland is a huge team. They're big. Uh, big teams give the Warriors some problems. Um, mm-hmm. I will disagree with you, too, in the sense that I think Wiggins can be a lockdown defender, and I think if he's assigned yeah, to Devin he Booker, he's going to give him problems. Uh, the Warriors have length, and the Suns don't have a lot of size. Their starting power forward is Jay Crowder. Um, that fits right into the Warriors style of play in that if you're going to try to match the Warriors with the Warriors style, which is what the Suns are basically bringing in here with the exception of the pick and pop, which Paul loves, the Warriors are going to run you off the floor. You're going to basically like in the Suns eyes, they're, they're basically going to try to beat the Warriors with three ball and defense. Guess what the Warriors do best? Three ball and defense. They're the number one defensive team in this game. They shoot the three ball, in my opinion, right now, as well as anyone um, and, and both these teams are going to come in here with playoff intensity. And while last year's finals experience clearly carries weight, uh, the Warriors have players on this team who have won multiple championships. I think that experience clearly outweighs making one NBA finals run. And I do agree with you, Dieter, that Devin Booker is, has excelled. He's, he's a trustworthy mid-range shooter right now. And you can count on him with those shots. But I, to me, the Warriors defense and their length, um, I know Iguodala is not going to play, but you're going to have Otto Porter Jr. in the routinely. You're going to have Juan Toscano Anderson in the routinely. Um, mm-hmm. I could see Kaminga put, putting some decent minutes in there just for his defense for defensive purposes. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be really interesting to see if Kaminga plays because he could he could really be a game breaker in just establishing an athletic tone in yeah. a game that the Suns, ironically, just given if they're smart, they're going to want to bog it down. Whereas yeah. most of the time they they're they're happy to run with anybody because they can do that pretty well they just can't do it nearly as well as the golden state warriors can so they're pragmatic they'll figure out a way to beat them and the way to beat them is to do what memphis did to do what cleveland tried to do yeah um it's to get into a rock fight and yeah. they're the they're the team with the only seven footer so it's yeah like, that's true that is true and that's the part that concerns me aiden does concern me a little bit but i, I do think the warriors can handle him to extend draymond might have to guard himself and if that's the yeah. case then I, I think he's handled bigger dudes than him and he's done it effectively yes. Um, So ultimately what this comes down to is a game between what is obviously the two best teams in the NBA. Milwaukee might get into this discussion and think at some point they're not there yet. Um, And, and I'm, I'm very confident. I mean, this is where I have a hard time balancing objectivity with my fandom. Uh, But I, I I really, really confidently believe the Warriors going to handle business because they see the, 
the gravitas of this game as much as the Suns do. I mean, everybody's mm-hmm. eyes are going to be on this game. These players know that, and they're going to try to put off their best performance. They know how big this is uh, because the winner is basically going to be the, the have the, the braggadocious rights. Yeah, and they play again in three days, I know, which is crazy. That is weird. It's so weird they're playing back-to-back. It's a back-to-back, but, um, back, it's a back-to-back for the Warriors, but uh, the Suns get the Detroit Pistons in between. So who, who's the real victor here? Yeah, the great um, Pistons who pushed the Lakers twice because the Lakers are the yeah. favorites, right, according to National well, the, Those are, those are, those <laughs> are two were. even teams. Two even teams. Pistons Sorry, you mentioned yeah. there uh, having sometime a hard, sometimes having a difficult time hedging between your objectivity and your fandom. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try to force you to do it right now. Okay, yeah, do it, please. The Warriors are not a perfect team, and we know this. Uh, I think that they would. I think that they have a couple of glaring weaknesses that I that not a big deal in the regular season, but could be a big deal in the postseason. Agreed. Dieter and I have talked about this too. Like the, the postseason is what worries me a little bit. But proceed. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean the, that's my question: is is this a regular season team or is this a postseason team? And I think a lot of Warriors fans would hear that. And roll their eyes like, what are you talking about? Steph's been here. Draymond's been here. Clay's coming back, and he's been here. They haven't been here with this, like this, at this age, uh, against this kind of competition, honestly, uh, in the mm-hmm. West and even in the Eastern Conference. So um, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's going one or the other. I'm just asking yeah. the question. I don't think that we can use something that happened five years ago, pre-Kevin Durant, to determine anything about this team. That's all I'm saying. So here's my question to you, Cyrus. If, you, if there is a problem with this roster – and if there, if you have a major concern, what is it? It's uh, and Dieter and I talked about this because he wrote a, a great column about a month ago um, that highlighted the one issue the Warriors have, which is a lack one. of consistent mid-range shooting. Is uh, you know, you have a one good one. Sorry, uh, you make yeah. the columns. Uh, you know, you have a lot of them. Man. Yeah. Uh, no, I love I the self-deprecating that. humor, but you have a lot of great columns. So uh, look. They, they they lack size. I think everyone is aware of that. They they have no seven footers. Uh, you know, this is where the Wiseman thing, and I want to quickly throw in there, I'm still bitter to this day. The Warriors are not perfect. Their front office isn't perfect. They could have had Anthony Edwards. And I love Anthony Edwards, and I cannot believe they didn't try to trade up just one spot to get him instead of Wiseman. Um, the people who clamor for LaMelo, it's like he just wouldn't have been a fit. I don't know if we would, we would have seen this LaMelo on the Warriors uh, just because he has the ball all the time in Charlotte now, but I would have loved Anthony Edwards. Anyways, we got Wiseman. We're stuck with him. Um, if they don't trade him, I, I'm just praying he's healthy because all they need from him is shot blocking and rebounding they, and lobs, mm-hmm. you know, and, and mm-hmm. we've seen the, the video of Stephen Curry literally coaching him during games, like be ready for this. Cause I'm going to be throwing you that ball. Uh, so the lack of size is concerning. Yeah. You know, you know, Rick Barry, I host a podcast with him. He brings that up all the time. Uh, I agree with him. You know, like we don't know what's going to happen in the postseason when, you know, wear and tear really factors in and you need those easy shots. Uh, and this is where I really think Bielitsa is going to be huge. Uh, you know, we, you, Wes, you bring up the fact that there are differences between this team and the 2015 one, but there's also similarities. I mean, they do have some same players. I think Wiggins is actually a better version of Harrison Barnes. Um, and then, you know, I brought up with Dieter in the 2015 finals game four, they're down two one. They needed those easy baskets because those threes were not falling. They don't fall that easily in the postseason because they're tired and there's just so much more intensity and long range shots do not fall in as, as easily. And that's where you need the size and the easy baskets. And David Lee was that guy in 2015 that people forget about. He saved them in that series, helped them turn that, that, that uh, whole series around by winning game four. And then they, they won in six. And I'm hoping Bielitsa, he's slowed down from that hot start a little bit, but I'm hoping he gives those really clutch, important baskets down the stretch for him. Because if he doesn't do it, that's going to be their downfall. They're not going to get those Mm -hmm. baskets that they really need. But on the other hand, though, 
the Western Conference is weak right now because you look at the opposition, Phoenix, Utah. I mean, I, who else is there? I don't even know who else you can really yeah, play. That, yeah, it, Dallas, a maybe? Lot of, I mean, the Clippers are the one team that would scare me in the Western Conference, other than the Suns, who, who have yeah, earned yeah. that respect. They started off a little skittish. Everyone just kind of took that first impression of this season saying, ah, it was one good year, weird year, whatever, you know, only team with fans for a long stretch whatever uh and then they won 16 straight games so clearly they've earned the respect but uh the one team that i would worry about in the western conference is a la clippers team that gets Kawhi leonard back because now they have arguably two guys arguably one unquestionably in Kawhi leonard and two arguably paul george who can do that thing that i said not that long ago you need to be able to do to win. Uh, the Warriors have found a million different ways to make up for not having height. In fact, they use it to their advantage and they run guys off the floor. Utah mm-hmm. is still a regular season team to me. They don't have enough athletes to play wing defense. They don't have uh, a guy. Sorry, Donovan Mitchell. He's just, he's not that guy. And Rudy Gobert <laughs> is as much a liability as he is uh, a benefit come playoff time. Yeah, It's the Clippers for me or the Suns. I'm just not going to buy in on Denver. Uh, people are betting on Jamal Murray coming back and being awesome. That's great. I'm hoping that for him, Nikola Jokic is still going to be an issue. I know that he's trying on defense this year and he's doing <laughs> incredible things, but this is just a different version of the Utah team. Um, it, it, it just doesn't scare me in a seven game set. And I do think that, you know, as much as we can, and this is truly nitpicking, especially, you know, a quarter of the way through the season at the absolute most here. And that was the question um, I asked you was to nitpick. So, you know, no, yeah, it, <laughs> it's truly nitpicking. Like this team is still Draymond Green and Steph Curry. Leave Clay Thompson out of it for now, but right. in, in theory, that augments the, my point. You just don't bet against them in the playoffs. Like, I don't know how they have a cosmic ability um, because there is so much, and I'm going to use your term here, Cyrus, chemistry. Mm-hmm. These are guys who operate without having to speak to one another mm-hmm. and who understand every single nuance of the game. And again, they're playing a game that's so different than anyone else is playing. And this is why we see these avalanches from the Warriors, right? They, they, it, it starts and no one knows how to stop it. We're just doing their best to contain it. And we've seen this so many times in the playoffs. Listen, Chris Paul was on some truly excellent, I hated every ounce of them, but excellent <laughs> Houston Rockets teams. Yes. And that was the Warriors' most worthy adversary in those seasons, save for obviously the year that they lost to Toronto in the finals because that team had Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant didn't have his Achilles intact. Um, and, and before that, the calf, so it was all bad. But how many times have we just seen this team kind of work through it, figure it out, and then absolutely blitz a team Mm-hmm. for games in a row in a series i just can't i can't forget the portland trailblazers western conference finals without oh. kd and the blazers truly thought that they had a shot and the warriors for as positive and you know joyous and entertaining as they are are some cold-blooded killers man oh. because they gave every single game just a little taste of success to the Portland Trailblazers. 
and then stomp directly on their throat for the final every 30 game, minutes every of the game. contest. Every, every game was game. like that. <laughs> it was crazy. It's, and it's just, it's just, they're different cats. And so if we're saying, and I agree that the Western conference is pretty flat. If we're saying that the Warriors, okay, maybe their playoff weakness is such to where it brings them back to the pack. Well, their chemistry and their championship pedigree puts them back above. And mm-hmm. so this this is not some new kid on the block. These are guys who know what yeah. they're doing come those big moments. They might not be the best equipped, but they can op they can execute and operate at a higher level than I think anyone else can. So unless you give me the juggernaut team, unless you give me a Clippers team that is fully actualized and has those two dudes, I, I can't bet against them. Not 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 in the Western Conference. Not with the not with the competition I'm seeing. Though these next two games for the Warriors are going to tell me a lot about how right I am in that stance. Yeah, and, and, and it's worth noting, too, the Suns, I mean, this winning streak has not been, with the exception of the Nets game, maybe, they, they haven't right. beating, like, great teams. No, and it's, and it's tight margins, too. They are, yeah. and I'm looking well, at this is, is That's what makes this yeah, tonight's quick, game so... I'm, go ahead. I'm just going to say, with the, the Phoenix Suns depth chart and the roster, they don't have a single player outside of JaVale McGee, who I think is hurt, or I don't know, maybe he's playing, I don't know. But, Kaminsky's been in and out, yeah. Yeah, so who they've has... Been ride, they've been riding the Alderman. Yeah, and they have no championship experience. No one in the West. I, I yeah. totally agree with Dieter that if, if Kawhi does come back, I don't think he's going to only because we've seen how much he cares about his own health. And now that he has a guaranteed contract, I, I don't see him coming back yeah. this year. Maybe he does, but I buy um, that. But I, yeah, we have, as, as far as the most recent reports, we have no idea when Kawhi is coming back. Just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm confident in this Warriors team handling business. And, and, um, and then right now I would predict this uh, Warriors – Bucks finals and then who knows what happens it's only the quarter of the way the season but that's where I'm going right now so let me get my nitpicking on because I wouldn't be doing my last show on locked on warriors if I weren't doing this because this is why some of the (laughs) really go really go out on a sour note uh (laughs) you mentioned that Phoenix hasn't really beaten anybody they've had a soft schedule they haven't faced any major injuries to their top players so the Warriors right I know that the Warriors played Brooklyn I know that the Warriors played the Clippers Andre Iguodala is a critical player Wes the so Warriors have so not had. I didn't notice the, that he didn't play for three straight games. <laughs> the Warriors have been the same, and I, I do a daily Another podcast. Play tonight. The Warriors, yeah, the Warriors have not faced a major injury all season long, and oh, Clay Thompson does that doesn't count. Clay Thompson's coming back. No, it doesn't, doesn't count. count. Uh, that's true. Uh, the schedule has been for the balance of the season extremely soft, and I think of their first twenty games, twenty three of them were at home. Like it was every, <laughs> all of them were at home. So yeah. Uh, it, that I think that you're seeing two teams in the Warriors and Phoenix. That's why make that's what makes this game so interesting tonight. Kind of coming together and being like, all right, kind of let's see what's up. Let's like let's keep, kind of see what's mm-hmm. up here. That's one thing. As far as big picture zooming out, nitpicking here. Uh, the reason the Warriors got Kevin Durant in the first place is because they didn't have that kind of player that Dieter's talking about. They don't have yeah. that guy who could go get you that bucket in isolation. Kevin Durant left. They didn't replace Kevin Durant with that any Possibly. any player that's like that. They don't have anybody even no. close to that. The one thing right. I will say. And if I'm going to nitpick my own nitpick here, is Steph Curry <laughs> might be that dude now. He's better now than he ever was, yes. and that's no longer a hot take. And I don't want to hear anybody on ESPN or TNT. It's not hot Steph take. Curry is better than he ever. It's not a hot take he anymore. Creates, he is. He creates his own shot so much better He's than one he of the used best to. isolation that little step back side to side. Yeah, it's crazy. One of the best isolation players uh, in points per possession in the NBA. His frequency mm-hmm. is extremely low by virtue of how the Warriors play. I would wonder mm-hmm. what that looks like if that became a greater portion of his uh, you know, repertoire in the in the postseason, which it probably will be just by how the postseason Absolutely. is played. Well, yep. so we'll see. 
We'll see what the, that looks like and what the counter is. But then again, nitpicking the nitpick to the nitpick to the nitpick here. Uh, <laughs> to Dieter's point earlier, Steph, Draymond, Steve Kerr have proven, and I'm putting Steve yeah. Kerr in that group now because I think a lot of people it's doubted good. that, have call. proven to be among the best problem solvers in the NBA. They are yeah. puzzle solvers, and they, they've done it in the playoffs. And last year, to Steve Kerr's credit, that it did it in the yeah. regular season towards the end of that regular season during that playoff push. Now, uh, I don't know what it looks like in the playoffs. I think there are teams that match up. I'm a little bit – I think I'm kind of respecting the Denver Nuggets more than you guys are. Mm. I think Nikki Lokic would be a real problem for this Warriors team. Uh, I think that's the future of basketball, honestly, is what Denver is doing. Okay. With like, you, you saw what the Warriors did to change the game five years ago, and a bunch of pl- – uh, uh, the, the entire sport changed to match them, and they did it with mm-hmm. seven-foot unicorns. The Warriors had one in Durant. They don't have that anymore. Now you've got seven-foot uni- uh, unicorns in other places, including one in you Denver. Would, and if Jamal Murray you comes would back – what? You would say that because you watch Bam out of bio every night. So you're trying to convince <laughs> yourself that this is he's a six nine unicorn. <laughs> yeah, By the way, he, West he's a, he's a big who passes. Draymond Green might might have something to say about that class of basketball player too. Um <laughs> and then I I'm not ready. I'm I'm, I'm agree with you. I go I go back and forth with Utah. Sometimes there's nights where I'm like, oh yeah, who's gonna stop this team? And there's other nights where I'm like, oh yeah, everybody. Um, and, and then uh, <laughs> let's put Joe Ingles on the best wing. Let's see how that I, goes. I still won't. I still won't quit the Lakers, man. I'm not going to – I just – I think that oh. LeBron, as, as far as problem solvers in the NBA, LeBron's yeah. the top. He's the best yeah. one. And I, there is a version of this team that might not win the championship, but that would be a real matchup nightmare for Golden State. And the Warriors got them in night that. one of the regular season when they were at their absolute worst, and they've been pretty bad. Uh, but <laughs> Was that their worst? Because I've seen some games. That's true. When, when fully true. healthy. When fully healthy. Uh, healthy, yeah. Uh, they're going to be better. I don't know how much, but they will be better between that game and if they play each other in the playoffs. They will be better. Uh, LeBron yeah. is a problem for the Warriors. He has been. I know that they own the record was, on him, I'll but he was, still plays was. well. He yeah. still plays well. Anthony Davis, was, if was, he oh. could be anything like we saw in the bubble, could be the game breaker for Golden State. Like there is no yes. that's that's checkmate if you get bubble Anthony no, it's Davis. True. Uh, true. I. All I'm saying is there's a path for the Lakers to knock out the world. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that it's going to happen before listeners write me and say, good riddance, Wes, get the hell out of here. We don't care about you anymore. All I'm doing is just (laughs) laying out a little bit more respect for the Western Conference. And if the Warriors do come out of the West, it's a real, I think it's a real accomplishment. Because I think the West is good. Here's the respect I'll give the Lakers. I don't want to face them in the playoffs. I'll say that. That's not a a team just because they are big and who knows what could happen. But LeBron's done. I, I don't, I mean, he's going to put up his numbers still, but he's old. Oh, he's, he's what's in, the date? He's the, brought, he, I've, been saying this, <laughs> I've been saying this since last year. He's defensively, he's a, he's a borderline liability now. That yeah. abdomen is giving him problems. He but he can still him, turn it on when he wants to defensively. He can still he turn it on in the but, playoffs. But they have, but, yeah. but, but as a greater picture, the Lakers don't have defense. Cause, no, cause your, your lineup no. out there is going to be LeBron, Anthony Davis, Westbrook, who doesn't play defense. No. And then who are the other two guys that you're going to, they don't, they, they, actually... they trade, they traded their two good perimeter defenders. Yes. They got rid of their two good perimeter defenders in Caruso and I don't... Davis called well Pope. Yeah. So that what, I mean, the whole, the whole scheme of the Lakers as we pivot to locked on Lakers right now was, <laughs> yeah. was you have some guys on the outside and they defend the three point line. Well, right. That was their entire shtick. You defend the three-point line well, and everything goes to Anthony Davis in the middle. Well, now they don't defend the three-point line well. 
So what's it matter where Anthony Davis is? Yeah. I'm yeah. closer to you, Cyrus, than I am to you, Wes. At the same time, when you do have an Anthony Davis, who, who knows? Who knows with Anthony Davis? When you do have a LeBron James, who at least deserves some benefit of the doubt, so I'm not going to go as far as you, Cyrus. Well, he's and still an all-star. When, he's still an all-star, but that, but he's not the LeBron, he's not one of the top five and, players now. And your and your the damn Lakers who will consistently take they'll take out a nineteenth mortgage yeah. on the house to pay the bills. <laughs> it might be it might be a bit early to say they are dead and buried. So seriously, I'm t- I'm telling everybody this, and I, I'm following my own advice. Get your jokes in now. I don't think that this is going to be some grand turnaround. But they might start to play competently at some point, yeah. and it's just not going to be as much fun as it is right now when they yeah. totally suck. Get your jokes in now. Uh, and I admittedly am late to quit this kind of stuff. Like I'm late to bury guys. Super. Even like I was yeah. still, I was still drafting with Danny and Tomlinson in my fantasy football leagues in 2015. Okay, oh, like wow. I, like I am yeah, yeah. super late to quit this kind of stuff. So, uh, but I just. I can't do it. I can't shake the I can't shake the LeBron stuff, man. LeBron I still, to me yeah. now is Michael uh, Jordan on the Wizards. That is LeBron to me now. Like LeBron oh. on it this year is Jordan year one Wizards. And if LeBron comes out, the Wizards year, do that Wizards. year. Jordan still, put up, Jordan still put up great numbers that year. Like he, was still putting up, I think 20, like, he was still he was still putting up like 25 a game. That's just um, pretty much what LeBron's doing. Let's wrap this up now. Uh, we've got basically two <laughs> podcasts worth of material to set to, to introduce you guys to the to the listeners here. Um what would you like to say to the listeners? What would you like to promise them? What would you like to fake promise them with your, with your fingers <laughs> crossed behind your back? Uh, what can they look forward to with a Dieter and Cyrus hosted locked on warriors? Well, let me, let me, let me throw this out here. It, it's, it's going to have some takes. Um, the, the takes will be flying. Apparently. And uh, I limited it, to it, taking it, down Beyonce. <laughs> yeah, we started. We started with Beyonce, and we brought it back to the Jordan Wizards. These are the true bookends <laughs> of our society. Uh, listen, it's going. It's going to be a little raw. Wes is a very polished broadcaster. This is going to be a little raw, and I think that's in a good way. We're going to get real with it on a daily basis, and we're not going to hold back from saying what we really think. We're going to get some stuff wrong. There's no question about it. We'll hold ourselves accountable for that, but we're also going to make sure that when we see trends developing, you're knowing about them well before anybody else is getting to yeah. them. And, uh, you know, listen, you left this podcast in tremendous shape, Wes. We, we, uh, I've been a longtime listener. Uh, been very happy to be a guest a, a few times and bring the show down a little bit. Now I get to do it full time, <laughs> which makes me even more excited. But uh, this is, this is going to be, it's going to be a different flavor for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a little bit more caliente. But uh, it's going to be comprehensive, nevertheless, and uh, we, we couldn't we couldn't be luckier to take over in such good standing from the podcast perspective with the audience perspective. We know yeah. how loyal and engaged the audience is, yes. and from the basketball perspective of a team that listen, we're not having to fake our admiration for this squad. This isn't uh, locked on Lakers, but we're like it could get better. No, we can actually <laughs> say what we really think. And we can nitpick and we can be honest about things that we might not like because, listen, there's not that much of it. And so uh, it's not going to be blown smoke up anybody's ass. It's going to be real. It's going to be authentic. While all these other buzz term words, you'll find out uh, if you hang on with us. But uh, I do think uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. That's what we aim for. Interesting on a daily basis. Yeah, I need to do my research on the Locked On Lakers host because I feel like we're we're destroying them. And we haven't even started yet. <laughs> and, um, one night, 
Torrance, California. Let's see what happens. <laughs> no, but look, listeners, you're getting two veteran sports talk radio hosts. If you're 45 and older, you might re- remember me from KBR <laughs> from 2000 to 2009. Uh, and, and I love the Warriors, but at the same time, I don't wear a skirt, okay? So I'm not a cheerleader. Um, if the criticism is warranted, I'm going to deliver it. There's a lot of people out there that are just fans and, and have, you know, like the Niners, for example, just shifting sports for a second. There's this term called the Niner faithful. Uh, Niner fans, that is a phrase that was coined by their marketing department. Okay. Like I don't, I don't sit here and just worship my team, but at the same time, blindly, I should add, but at the same time, you know, yeah, I love the team and I'm going to, you know, show them love. Uh, and Wes, thank you so much, man. I know you recommended myself and I think Dieter for this and, and great thanks to you. Um, I always had fun with you when you came on with Rick Barry and I, and, uh, I'll come on with your heat show anytime we can do some cross stuff. If the, when the Warriors oh, yeah. heat play, cause I honestly think your heat team, by the way, is legit. Um, mm. I, I really do. Like they put together a great squad there, you know, and we didn't really talk much about the coaching. We we're going to talk about Steve Kerr. Uh, I, I wanted, I wanted to ask you guys this, who, in your opinion, is in the Mount Rushmore of NBA coaches? Because I think Phil oh, Jackson man. belongs there. Red Auerbach belongs there. Greg Popovich belongs there. That seems like a, seems like a whole episode That's for the whole season. Season. Right, but don't be- I will. I will leave. I, I'm not going to have Riley's fourth, right? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Eric Spolstra is the fourth. There you go. How <laughs> okay, about go, that? Go. And real quick, Wes, that North Face shirt you're wearing right now, you bought that in the Barry before you went to Fort, before you went to Miami, Yeah, right? they have that outlet store in Berkeley right by the – I think there's like a Phil's <laughs> Coffee around the corner. I hit oh, both yeah. of those yeah. the same morning. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so There's much, Wes. Thanks target. for having me on. Uh, <laughs> uh, if I could just say one thing to the listeners, uh, thank you so much for welcoming me to the Warriors uh, club, the Warriors fan base. I was a transplant from South Florida. I've moved back to South Florida, but I never felt like I was an outsider when I was hosting Lockdown Warriors. It's a tremendous community of Warriors fans, the smartest, most engaged fan base out there. Um, I, I truly believe that. And uh, it was really cool to just be part of that community for so long. I said it the first time I signed off and I'm saying it again. Uh, this last time I signed off. And I hope that I can join you guys on Lockdown Warriors, uh, especially when the Heat Please. play them. Uh, I think January 3rd. Mark, so, so circle that on the calendar. But you are uh, gonna circle you coming on that day, for sure. Like, let's do it. Do um, and then uh, if anybody wants to follow me uh, that was listening to Lockdown Warriors, just shoot me an email at WC Goldberg with your email address. I'm working on some stuff and I will add you to the list so you can be the first to find out on some new projects that I'm working on. Uh, Then hit me on Twitter at WC Goldberg and on Instagram at at WC Goldberg if you want some scenic views of the Bay in Miami instead of the Bay in San Francisco. Um, All right, that'll do it for Locked On Warriors today. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening. Uh, Dieter and Cyrus have you uh, in great hands going forward. Uh, This is Wes Goldberg signing off.